0: This is MuggleCast, your Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts podcast covering everything about J.K. Rowling's magical world. This week's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible is the leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com mugglecast. Welcome to Mugglecast episode 280. Micah, Eric and I are here this week and joining us is Selena from hypeable.com. Yay! Welcome
1: all of the back. listeners just like stood up and cheered.
0: Whoa, why?
1: Right? I, no, cuz it was me? No, no. no.
0: Oh, <laughs> welcome back, Selena. We all thank. love you that much, Selena. I stood up
2: and cheered.
1: <laughs> I'm thank you, Micah. I Can always count on you. <laughs>
0: So uh, we have a little fun news to start out today's episode. Uh, this is July, and it's a huge month in the world of Harry Potter, uh, historically. And we're going to talk about all of the dates, this day in history, later in the episode. But this is also Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling's birthday month. They were both born on July 31st. So happy birthday, you two. <laughs> you know Harry Potter's turning 35? Oh yeah. man, I don't like that.
3: <laughs> it's I prefer- it's so it's so odd. He yeah. turned fifteen when I turned fifteen, but somehow he's thirty five and I'm several years away. <laughs> so what is this sorcery? What it's is magic?
4: This? Yeah,
3: yeah I,
0: for some reason I don't like thinking of the character Harry Potter as an adult. I prefer thinking of of him always as like a seventeen year old.
1: Well, yeah, of course.
3: <laughs> well, this is like it's this like is he getting into those- in your memory. It's just getting into those 19 years later territory, isn't it? Like, next couple of years, he'll be as old as he was in the epilogue. Oh, Maybe, yeah. But well, we'll be at the epilogue. Oh, when? Uh, when is no. that? There's a whole thing about it. September first, uh, twenty seventeen at uh, King's Cross Station. Bunch of Harry Potter fans gonna go and uh, see if they can spot <laughs> Harry Ron and Hermione <laughs> as they let their kids. JK it sounds, Rowling should show up there. It seems she only should right. totally she should absolutely one hundred percent show up. But uh yeah, I mean if anybody's looking for an excuse to go to London, that's as good as any. Um And JK Rowling turns, I believe, twenty
0: three this year, so happy mm. birthday yes. to you. you you're look-
2: gonna make her blush again,
0: Andrew. <laughs> oh, Oh, we're going to get to that <laughs> later on. Something very big happened. If you don't follow me on Twitter, <laughs> you, you may not know this yet. Something very big happened to me earlier this month. So we're going to talk about that later on. But first, the news. Um The Fantastic Beast cast is now in place. The final lead was found on July 10th. His name is Dan Fogler, and he is going to be playing Jacob Who is Newt's rival, and we also learned that he's going to be a Muggle. Ooh,
1: I love this. Do you guys love this? I think it's amazing. Well, because we've never had a Muggle in the story before. Well, if you don't count the Dursleys, you know. But I mean, this is going to be. This is just another clue that Fantastic Beast is going to be a lot more not realistic i guess isn't the right word but you know a lot more gritty real life kind of you know adults muggles now
3: in the 1920 the period setting is going to be completely uh, you know i don't want to say off-putting completely different and the idea that a muggle could be a rival to a wizard zoologist. i love
1: that i think that's amazing
3: you know or maybe he's a rival in a different faction but just that muggles are a part of the story yeah. So we still don't know much
0: about this Jacob character, but I was guessing in my hypable article that maybe Jacob will be jealous of Newt's magical abilities because. Well, you
1: Newt- really loved the, like the, your theory that they were like lovers or something that didn't pan out.
3: <laughs> yeah, I-, I don't think they're gonna play lovers now. I like the werewolf theory myself, uh, but Which that did not happen. W- what's that theory again? Oh, you know that he'd be played by same same guy who played Jacob, Taylor Lautner in uh, in oh. Twilight, and <laughs> they would be skin changers and have some fun in the full moon. But that that was just my my personal theory. I didn't.
1: That's a fan fiction waiting to happen. Know
3: anything about it? Um, so no. Newt but-
0: documents creatures, magical creatures. So how is Jacob going to be the rival? That's the question right Well, now.
1: he's probably also documenting creatures and he's trying to get the magical creatures noticed by muggles because they're creatures and he sees them. And he's like, oh, a new species. And, and new, it's like, no, you can't.
3: That are magic that you can't see, though. Like that's that's kind of like well, muggles are at a clear disadvantage. Like there's probably places uh, and, you know, entire areas of the world that he just cannot see because I'm muggles just
1: thinking, you know, cannot. surely. Every time like a dragon flies over a big city, someone's gonna look up and someone's mm-hmm. gonna be like, hmm, what's that bird? <laughs> and then, and then, you know, maybe he's he's that and he's trying to to make them known to muggles and Newt has to convince him not to. Mm. I don't know. I
2: mean I remember what about. happened with the Fort Anglia Snape <laughs> reprimands.
1: Exactly. Harry
3: by no less than seven <laughs> Muggles. Uh, I just saw that it's been Harry Potter Weekend on uh, on ABC Family yet again, and uh, <laughs> I love how many people I see on social media watching
0: Harry Potter <laughs> Weekend, including oh, yeah. my friend who's also a big Muggle cast listener, Elizabeth. She's always she's, this
3: weekend. She's been Snapchatting it tweeting about it (laughs) yep yep i get snapchats all the time people just drop what they're doing and spend the entire weekend in front of the tv it's pretty cool
0: (laughs) so just as a reminder eddie redmayne is going to play newt katherine waterston is going to play newt's eventual wife tina and allison subtle will play queenie tina's sister this is another casting we received in the past week actually the, the news came down just the day before we learned about who's playing jacob so queenie like I just said, is the the sister of, of Tina. So those are the four leads. It seems like it's gonna be kind of like a a family let driven story plus this rival. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I have a feeling the anytime there's a rival involved, they're gonna have to work together at some point.
0: Uh-huh. something's gonna happen. Well, yeah, because so if Jacob is one of the leads, then presumably he's going to be in the the full trilogy. So. Yeah, that was yeah, he, he makes it.
1: Some kind of villain who's trying to like expose them.
0: Is it is it just me or I can't? I still can't see a dark side to this story yet. Like, what's going to make this story interesting? You know, the, well, the that's that's, that's, that's where my whole
1: theory comes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like beasts escape and like threaten New York, and and then like Jacob. Ha- no, what's his face? Newt has to like. Like save the muggles, but make sure they don't find out. And then Jacob finds out. And it's this whole like, mm. you know, exposing magic to New York in the tw- 30s. Like, the people ah, have a right to know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
3: <Right>. <laughs> Which is more like of like a, a 60s version mentality. Of or 70s <laughs> Pretty mentality. Much. Yeah. So those are the four
0: leads. But now the crew is moving on to casting other parts. And they held an open casting call for a role of a young character named Modesty. Mm. They did this in London earlier this month. They're looking for an 18, or sorry, an 8 to 12 year old girl with an inner strength and stillness. She has an ability to see deep into people and understand them. So they held a casting call. Uh according to this report I'm reading on MuggleNet approximately 14,000 young girls and their family showed up to audition most of them waiting hours in uh, line before getting the just chance Just a few. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so huge turnout I mean is A this may be a big indication of how popular Fantastic Beasts is going to be and B this of course reminds us of the open casting call they held for Luna Lovegood back in the Harry Potter days.
3: Yes. Um, In fact, Ivana wrote an article on her Facebook, like a very positive, uh, heartwarming message to pretty much everybody. It was mostly to the young girls who were trying out, but then she also had a funny bit at the end about if you're a boy or too old or have already been cast, which she (laughs) has, then sorry, but maybe there will be more opportunities in the future. But she she wrote a really heartwarming post about how it can change you and how the magic um, of being cast in the films changed her. And how she found out about it on MuggleNet. And actually, we we oh. managed to collect a lot of really nice, um, like updates and good footage, photographs of people standing in line, photographs of actually uh, a mother sent a picture of her daughters who, or her daughter and her daughter's friend who were finalists or something, and they had like their uh, certificates up and stuff. It's it was just kind of like a really cool, also short notice. I'm thinking two, three days in advance. This report came out or this announcement mm-hmm. uh, that that the casting call would be held and um, it was just really a a big movement of, of hopefuls and and just knowing that it's really up to, we don't know what they're looking for. You know I mean? At least with, with Luna, there was some uh, examples in the book and that these girls are going into a completely blind, um, you know, who knows, who knows what modesty, I mean, there is a short description. Modesty as a character is a described as being a haunted, 8- to 12-year-old girl with an inner strength and stillness. She I has have a, the ability I have the perfect to... person for this. Who is this?
2: I, it actually, she may be a bit older. I'm not sure exactly, but mm. uh, most of you will know, and some of our listeners will know, Carrie Ingram, who played Shireen Baratheon oh, in Game yeah. of Thrones. Yes. I think she would be really good for this part, actually.
0: For some She'd reason, be great. That description makes me... Think this
3: character is going to have some sort of like mind control powers or something.
1: Uh-huh. I was like, thinking the same thing.
3: <laughs> well, she, the description continues. She has an ability to see deep into people and understand them.
1: She might be like a young seer or, or fortune tellery person. I,
0: think- I, what I really like about this casting call too is that after each person auditioned, they were given this little certificate that said, This is to. This is to certify that name of person took part in the casting process for the role of uh, modesty in Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. And it says uh, – the text is really small, but it's it's also a little note. It just says, thank you for coming out. And says signed the casting team of Fantastic Beasts. So that's it's kind of like getting your own Hogwarts letter. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, you, you
3: know what? I, I'm reading. I'm reading more of the font here. It says, uh, "We hope you will continue to enjoy your acting endeavors in and school and as your local drama group, something, something, something. Uh, cinemas next year. So this enjoy is a very, very good, yeah, 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 very good uh, pro- promo for the movie in general. I mean, fourteen thousand. 000- nice
1: callback.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, because this Loomer movie thing. doesn't strike you as being about children, right? It's the like Harry Potter. It's like, who's going to be Harry, Ron, Hermione, Shane, uh, Seamus, Dean, Neville? You know, all the people, all the schoolmates, and everything. This movie seems to be much more adult centric. But there's still an opportunity for a child, an unknown uh, girl, to come in and yeah. and be part of the the film. All right, we'll watch this me. space. Maybe we'll hear about the role of mod-
0: modesty in the next month. Or so is callbacks. Happen. So, so we're gonna. We have more news to talk about today, including uh, Chris Columbus, the director of the first two Harry Potter movies. He's out promoting <laughs> Pixels right now, and he made some interesting comments that I think a lot of people are for. Uh, but, Surprisingly, <laughs> Yeah. But first, I want to remind everybody that today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For listeners of MuggleCast, Audible is offering you a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their great service. And today I'm going to recommend the book of the summer, maybe? I, I I just said New York Times bestsellers, Uh-oh. Go Set a Watchman. Ah Uh-oh. the new book <laughs> from Harper Lee, whether she wanted it out there or not. Uh this audiobook is interesting because it was performed by Reese Witherspoon. Huh. Who we all loved in Wild. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie so much. Another book you have to read. Mm-hmm. So uh Go Set a Watchman is of course the sequel of sorts to to kill a mockingbird. Um it has been very popular this summer. It broke records on Amazon. I believe it broke a record uh, previously held by Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Ugh. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Damn I'm... it,
1: Harper Lee. <laughs> well, it's
0: been eight years, but still. <laughs> uh, here it is. Uh, Ghost of the Watchmen gathered as many pre-orders as Deathly Hallows did oh, on Amazon. Okay. Wow. All yeah, right.
1: So now we just have to wait for J.K. Rowling's like in in 50 years her book about Harry and how he was a horrible person and it'll <laughs> right
0: that she <laughs> probably didn't back. want released. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh Ghost at a Watchman like I said it's the prequel of sorts or sorry the sequel to To Kill a Mockingbird. It was originally it Harper Ree- Lee wrote this first and mm-hmm. then something happened in Ghost at a Watchman that the public her editor was like, "Oh, let's do a story on this part." And then that's how To Kill a Mockingbird came to be. So, uh, the reviews are good for this book, actually. There's been a little bit of controversy, but everybody's very interested in Ghosts at a Watchman because this is Harper Lee's only
3: other book. Mm -hmm. And it's a part of the To Kill a Mockingbird world. Yeah. She's kind of a reclusive author. You know, people didn't really know that she was still around what she was doing and she's yeah. she's had this story in a vault or a trunk or something of sorts for yeah. for years before they kind of coaxed it coaxed her to to publish it.
0: Yeah, it's re- the you should we don't really have time to talk about this today but you <laughs> should you should check out the whole story behind this book's release. It's kind of it's kind of sad, not that this is selling the book well, but you can get this book or any other book, any other popular book this summer on Audible for free. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast. And uh, thank you, Audible, for your support of the show.
2: Yeah. You know, Andrew, one thing uh I just thought of when you were reading through the the beginning portion of that ad, uh, we've been around now for for almost 10 years, but if... Jesus. If you go back and listen, the number of downloadable titles available across the years is pretty interesting to see that that, that it's gotten to 150,000. Yeah. And maybe yeah. that's just from having transcribed the show, but the fact that, you know, it would go from like 50, 50 to 100 to mm-hmm. 150, it yeah. makes us feel like we've been around for quite a long time.
0: <laughs> well, it's because of audiobooks I think are growing in popularity just like podcasts are growing in popularity. And, uh, Audible is just the place to go for audiobooks. There's no other great audiobook service. Audible is it, which is really cool. Anyway, moving on with the news now. Um, like I said, like I teased, Chris Columbus wants to direct Harry Potter movies that are set after the events of Deathly Hollows, but before Yay! the prequel <laughs> or sorry, the, 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 the. Prequel.
4: epilogue epilogue Epilogue.
0: thank you (laughs) i'm confusing my harper lee story (laughs) (laughs) so uh he said i would love to go back and do another one not fantastic beasts as much which i think is going to be amazing but i would love to do another movie with those three characters harry hermione and ron i'm just fascinated about what happened to them after the end of the last movie because then they cut to 18 years ahead there's 18 years there
3: of great harry potter stories (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's what fan fiction is for, Mr. Columbus.
3: Uh, eighteen years of Harry changing diapers, and um, you know, getting getting the job at the Ministry for Hermione and him becoming R when there's no evil dark wizard out there.
1: Well, this I I'm sure amazing. This made uh-huh. me
0: think that he's right. There are actually interesting stories there because they all three of them did go to work in the Ministry.
1: But the question right. is, do we need it? splats you know splashed on a screen and 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 explicitly played out in front of our faces like i don't know if we because i'm you know i mean um I, i i make no secret of the fact that i'm more of a book fan than a movie fan so just the fact that he would put these stories even more of this imagination sort of filled world and it on a screen and go here you go this is exactly well, it, what it is i'm like you no. would
3: if he were to do it it would be without uh source material written by jk rowling unless
1: she was involved i mean she, unless she, she
3: was involved but like she's in
1: screenwriting so now
3: <laughs> yeah she's also into playwriting um but uh <laughs> i i uh yeah I'd, I'd be really interested um in having like if chris columbus were to have done a another harry potter film that would have been I Chris
1: Columbus nice. isn't the worst choice. I think that's what most people are sort of in agreement on. I've seen comments on Hypable um, saying that if anyone was going to do it, it was him. I think that's an interesting. I I, add
3: I really to like that. I I really like that. I like that he's feeling so far after Harry Potter because it's been thirteen years since his last film came out. I mean, he produced uh, the third one and perhaps others, but uh, it's been so long, and he still feels a connection to the characters. That's yeah. really cool to me. Um, especially again after Harry Potter weekend on ABC Fan, watching the the first two movies on repeat with the bonus scenes stuck back in. Um,
1: they are just, very magical, aren't they? Like, yeah. don't you think that his movies were really like, I don't know, they had something something wonder wondrous about them.
3: Mm-hmm. Harry's wondrous world is
0: a title. Yeah, oh. as There's I wrote two. in the article, I mean, arguably. This is the most, his two films, Harry Potter films, were the most whimsical of the series. They were. It's just, yeah, they were. It's just true. It's just a fact.
1: Yeah, they captured some of that, some of that wonder of the, of the story, I think.
3: And I mean, Chris's, uh, entire range as a director is, is a good one. I mean, he also directed, uh, like Mrs. Doubtfire and Rent. Which are are quite different and still emotional. They have cores, but they deal with bigger issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so and don't he forget could Home Alone.
4: Yeah. Home alone.
3: Yeah. Well. He, so he, he, he could deal. Man. I want to see Joe Pesci and and, and Daniel Stern in the uh, Wizarding World as uh, as like sort of Mundungus Fletcher knockoffs. <laughs> um, but. Uh, uh, yeah, boy, but I, was, I mean, you're right. I mean, he has that ability
2: to create those types of movies, thinking also to night at the museum and and uh, even the, I'm looking right now at his IMDB I didn't know he did Percy Jackson but again that's in the same type of
4: oh, he genre. Did? I
2: didn't know yeah. that. I don't think he directed he it. He was a producer. Producer. Oh. Okay, uh, But he was involved in some capacity and I think that knowing that he has that ability uh, to possibly help tell the story after Deathly Hallows comes to a, a conclusion but- would be interesting but yeah, I, I was going to add a but too, and that is, <laughs> I, I'd rather it come directly from J.K. Rowling in some sort of written format. I think that we feel that way at, at this point that we don't necessarily need another film or another series of films, and I think, you know, the fact that we're even getting them with Fantastic Beasts is is great. But uh, as far as Harry's story, I, I feel like I'd, I'd want to hear directly from Joe. And I think a lot of us thought that we would be getting that with Pottermore. Uh, <laughs> and, and we all know that we have differing opinions on it. But g- generally, the sense at least that I've gotten over the years since Pottermore has been around is that it hasn't quite fulfilled expectations.
1: Well, well, it's, can it's, I it's ask you inter- his- – oh,
3: go on. Go on. Uh, it's interesting that he said between the epilogue, like between the end of book seven and the epilogue of book seven uh for his story rather than after the epilogue because pretty much everything you need to know about that is that all was well, right? I mean the last words of the Harry Potter series are all yeah, was
2: clearly well. All was well between the end of Deathly Hallows and the epilogue if they're all safely standing on a platform with their friends.
3: Right. Nothing, nothing too uh, consequential could have happened with – Maybe uh, Voldemort wannabes, some street kids, you know, mm-hmm. trying to be as bad as he was, but yeah.
1: Well, can I ask you something just before we we move on, or um, because I'm I'm really really curious about this because obviously, as you say, like Chris Columbus is is great, and 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 there's stories still to be told, but I feel like with with J.K. Rowling having said so many times that she is done with Harry, you know, that if any other story she does in the Wizarding World, she doesn't want to go back to. To Harry necessarily because she feels like she wrapped up his story, and as as she has herself has said, like aside from fun little you know article type posts that she did on Pottermore or whatever, like Harry's story is told. So if we're not going to get a book, because I would I would be I would be all for a book. I would also be a little bit afraid <laughs> of it sort yeah. of sort sort of soiling the experience, but. Soiling, that's a bad word. Sullying the experience, that's better. Um, Either word works. But yeah. Okay, so um but but if we're not gonna get a book, I mean would we really would you guys really want a movie? Like oh, with or without no. J.K. Rowling's involvement. Obviously if she's involved, that's much better. But do so- you actually want more?
3: No, there's so many logistical obstacles for that. Like this thing that Chris has just said that has inspired us all and excited us all is, <laughs> is like completely improbable for it to happen because think about the actors you need to get back. Like yes. it, it wouldn't be worth seeing unless you got the trio back right. for it. That's never would be like problem. their
1: stupid makeup from the epilogue and like. Oh. <laughs> that, that, hey, I mean,
3: you know, you could actually just show them as they are because it's been 15 years or uh, wow, I'm way <laughs> off. It's been like well. it's been, like five five <laughs> ten years. The, so the like you could. Is the biggest problem,
0: because Dan yeah. Radcliffe has done so much work to distance himself from Harry Potter, yeah. he would never yeah. go back, and and fans viewers would not accept a different Harry Potter set after Deathly Hallows. Yeah, the movie would I be dead. I just want
1: them to pump this this like. I want some part of it to still be sacred. I feel like they've right. done a lot. And it will to- be. Because yeah. yeah.
3: Chris Columbus only said this to promote his right, new right, movie, right. Pixels.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it works.
4: <laughs> I'm going to
3: go see his movie, Pixels, because he said he wanted to do more right. Harry Potter films. <laughs> um, but uh, well, one idea I had for how they could do it with the different actors, if they did it like they do James Bond films, <laughs> the actor playing no, like Harry Jesus. Potter will rotate, and he and Ron <laughs> will go on missions as ours. Uh, to mm-hmm. defeat uh, a blofeld type wizard um you know out out in a in a factory somewhere that would i be give really-
1: it 20 years and then that's exactly <laughs> what's going to happen
3: <laughs> well right. i think in 20 years there's a
2: possibility that they'll be remade in some capacity but oh, yeah oh, that, that i
3: want that, i want that, 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 kind that television series i really do
2: but selena i i do agree with you I, I i'm not really looking for anything else and and i'm fine with jk rowling saying the story is over Of uh, you know, and, and or his story has been told, and there's really nothing more to say. I mean, outside of her going in-depth on other characters that were a part of the the series and, and places and spells and things like that, uh, I think we got a lot of that out of Pottermore. There's probably still more to tell. I know there was talk about encyclopedia for a long time that we've still never hoping. seen. Uh, yeah, still hoping, fingers crossed. And I think, generally speaking, a lot of Potter fans would be content with the that encyclopedia and not have a need for anything more than that
0: all right well let's move on so there was a big thing that happened earlier this month or sorry late last month now uh we've all known that there's been a harry potter stage play in development and the last time we heard of it uh we knew jk rowling was officially involved and we heard that it was going to follow harry in the years before he got his Hogwarts letter. Mm-hmm. And that that officially came out. There was a description, and we were all like, uh this is weird, because did anything even really happen in his years under the cupboard? Like, this just doesn't make sense. So flash forward to June twenty sixth of last month, we found out the Daily Mail who broke the news originally about this stage play, so we could trust them as a source for once, uh, reported that the show is called Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, and it's going to open on London's West End next summer at London's Palace Theater, and tickets are going on sale this fall. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Uh, first, uh, but title aside, <laughs> mm. uh, <laughs> yeah. according to the report, the Daily Mail, the, cur- the quote, the Cursed Child delves into what into what happened to Harry's parents Lily Evans Potter and James Potter before they were killed by Lord Voldemort forcing an infant Harry to be raised in miserable circumstances by his sister's mother by his mother's sister Petunia her horrid husband Vernon and their spoiled son Dudley Now so this sounds like a prequel of sorts it's going to follow <laughs> Lily and James that's awesome that was super sure. exciting <laughs> but then J.K. Rowling, so everybody started saying, Oh, it's a prequel, it's a prequel. It sounds like a prequel. This is a trust. I mean, we can try, I believe we can trust the Daily Mail in this case. But then, flash forward to a couple of days later after J.K. Rowling starts hearing people say, Oh, it's a prequel, it's a prequel. She starts saying on Twitter, Guys, it's not a prequel. It's not a prequel. <laughs> yeah, not
1: only that, she says it like 20 times. <laughs> she did
0: like 20 separate tweets, right, Selena?
1: She did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very, very funny. Um, it was very funny because like, we started. You know, you wrote up the post and like, oh, this is you know about James and uh, or Petunia and Harry's time with with the Dursleys, and then um, there was some kind of update, and I was like, oh my god, new new stuff, new stuff. It's not a prequel, so I like changed the entire post, and then <laughs> you see it, and you're like, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and it all goes back, and then the day after, JK Rowling releases this slew of new tweets about it, and it's just a big mess.
0: I. I the the other thing is that there was an official description about this playout over a year ago. So why not just come clean about what it is now if you already announced what it was a year and a half ago or whatever? Well, did I, yeah. they
1: announce that like what did that come from Daily Mail? Or did that come from them?
0: No, that came from JK Rowling officially. Mhm. I I'll try okay. to pull up the statement, but she had she made an announcement after the Daily Mail had broken it. Uh, two December's ago.
1: Okay, so how how do we think this is can avoid being a prequel? She's, or is JK she's so adamant,
3: screwing with us all. <laughs> like, uh, I'm gonna ta- I'm gonna table that option because. <laughs> Because of her her fiery resistance, uh didn't she say it really, really isn't a prequel. Not a prequel. Not at all prequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is an anti prequel. Okay, what is an anti prequel? Let's if if we if you wrap our head an around anti prequel.
1: prequel is a sequel, but unless <laughs> an, Chris Columbus is directing it. Let's a not a <laughs> story that's
3: against telling the the backstory would be an anti prequel. Here, here's me.
0: here's what um. The statement was back in December 2013. I believe it was 2013. What was it like to be the boy in the cupboard under the stairs? This brand new play, which will be developed for the UK theater, will explore the previously untold story of Harry's early years as an orphan and outcast. Featuring some of our favorite characters from the Harry Potter books, this new work will offer unique insight into the heart and mind of the now legendary young wizard. A seemingly ordinary boy, but for one whom destiny has plans.
1: But that's prequel. (laughs) <laughs> like that, that's yeah. that's well, obviously a and prequel. for me,
3: I mean, I've always felt if it's Harry before he gets his Hogwarts letter, there's almost no story there. How could you tell a story? It's 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 unclear how often characters like Dumbledore checked up on him. Uh, although well, we know it would probably
1: in- just be him and and the Dursleys and him trying to make his way and going to school and being like, I wish I was a special boy. You know those kinds of things, like <laughs> typical Hollywood twist type stuff. Yeah. And then what's
3: with the title? Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. <laughs> Harry Potter is the Cursed Child, right? Yes, isn't he? I mean, I thought it should just be called the Cursed Child. Because I, and I actually like I would like that title if it were
1: I have the, a theory.
3: The Cursed Child. Go but, on. Go
1: on. I just want to say because cause we talked a lot about this is one of the things on, on Hypeable as well, and then I'll shut up after that. But um I was thinking a lot about this. Like what the hell? This, this is totally redundant. But then I thought if it is kind of like in the past, right? And if it is kind of, let's let's pretend like our definition of prequel isn't like J.K. Rowling's definition of prequel. Um, <laughs> I think that's, that so, much is clear.
3: That much yeah. is already reality.
1: <laughs> so, 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 so this would take place at a time where, when, if Harry was a baby, um, it would take place at a time where they were still trying to figure out which child was cursed. Was it Neville? Was it Harry? Was it some other mm-hmm. kid? Like, who is Trelawney's prophecy talking about? So it would be Harry Potter because Harry Potter is the character where it's it's all centered around but it would be and the cursed child because the cursed child is like a mystery like who is the cursed child they don't know we know but they don't know. I like, that's, so that's interesting. the only thing I could think. Gosh,
3: calling it Harry Potter and is just going to sell more tickets. It's that simple. Exactly. It, it comes exactly down to that. You could yep. call it a- the I can
1: I can't live with the fact that you, it would be you, I know I, I- can't
3: either, <laughs> Selena. I feel my heart hurts but you could call it The Cursed Child, just The Cursed Child. Uh, so-and-so presents The Cursed Child. West Or End. Harry
1: Potter is The New Cursed production.
3: Child. New production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> just call it Cursed Child. Have everyone in the entire world know, because everyone who follows the internet, whatever, know that it is the next Harry Potter iteration, that it's a Harry Potter play, that it's called The Cursed Child. It almost loses something if you're calling it Harry Potter and The Cursed Child. Not to mention the redundancy. It's just it should be the cursed child. A look at uh, the famous boy wizard before he was a famous or a wizard or you know and just a boy.
1: Unless we've got all of this wrong and it's something completely different, and we're just going to be not. so surprised. It's not
0: a prequel. <laughs> so the other thing, and yes, why I don't want to spend too much time on this is because we're supposed to be. They said we're going to hear more in late July. And we're recording on July 26th. so knowing our luck, the, they're going to officially announce all the details on July 27. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to MuggleCast, episode 281, recording <laughs> the
3: next day. Yeah.
0: So, um, um, so yeah, they did say s- late July, so uh, we may be hearing more details about this soon.
2: I w- I want this to be a prequel. <laughs> but, but, yeah. By definition, it is a prequel. Whether she wants to view it that way or not, it if just. I looked up the definition of prequel just so I have Merriam-Webster on my side. <laughs> it says, a "Don't prequel... say anything you're
3: going to regret here, Micah. I know that she didn't quite tweet you back the way she tweeted Andrew back, and you might be angry, but don't say anything you're going to regret."
2: Well, it's not like Take she's coming role, he the needs show to buy a anyway. Dictionary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to tweet that at her after the uh, show. So you're
1: a cursed child. Yeah.
2: <laughs> It's a literary, dramatic, or film work whose story precedes that of a previous work by focusing on events that occur before the original narrative. A prequel is a work that forms part of a backstory to the preceding work.
1: Well, that's why I think this description is BS. Like, I think it's – I know, I know, like, it came from them, but then, then they've changed their minds. Like, then it's something different. I really believe that if she says it's not a prequel – it's not a prequel like i really believe if it, it. Should, i don't think it, it if it huh?
3: involves if it informs even a little bit of the plot uh that leads that is like i know prior to leading <laughs> That's into why the. It's a if this is if this is about harry potter at all it is by definition <laughs> a prequel or would seem I know. to be but Here's here's more of J.K. Rowling's own words on the subject, because there's one tweet that I think is a little uh, – uh, not ominous, but like ambig- ambiguous. Um, it says it will tell – she says it will tell a news story, which is the result of a collaboration between writer Jack Thorne, director John Tiffany, and myself. And then she says to answer one inevitable And reasonable, in parenthesis, question, why isn't Cursed Child a new novel? She says, I am confident that when audiences see the play, they will agree that it was the only proper medium for the story. So she's saying that, prequel or not, that that, that whatever this is, whatever this Cursed Child is, this story could, for some reason, by design, could not have been told on paper. And Mm -hmm. that makes me wonder what kind of And
1: really, unfortunately, it's not a musical (laughs) <laughs> I, would, I would pay to see that.
3: We have three Harry Potter musicals. That's each true, and they are amazing. Hours long each, so yeah. that's that's covered. But yeah. I
1: don't know, guys. I really think like my st- like my final stance on this is that when she says it's not a prequel, it's because it's no, it's in no way ties into Harry's story. So either it's him befriending like some kid in school and being off on like totally non magical adventures, or it's not about Harry at all, and the title is just kind of I don't know. I think I think she's she's right, and I think J.K. Rowling's sort of brilliant way of of making us believe one thing and then turning out to be another thing is like what's happening here, and we're going to be totally surprised.
0: I think it's going to be coming down to semantics.
1: Okay, I, I, <laughs> Well, that's know not so fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we'll we'll find out soon, hopefully. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Prequel—that's what the yes. stage <laughs> play should have been called. <laughs> Harry so- Potter and the Not a Prequel. Our final news item for today is about Pottermore. So, Pottermore unveiled Deathly Hallows, the final book in the series, on June 23rd. Uh, they released all the chapters. Remember at the beginning, they were releasing just a few chapters at a time. And Mm -hmm. then towards the, uh, in the back half of the series, they were just releasing all the books at once. And, well, you know, I, I hate to keep harping on this, but it was a bit of a disappointment. Pottermore's Deathly Hollow section included 15 moments for the Harry, final Harry Potter book's 37 chapters. Within those 15 moments, five of them have new writing from Rowling. Pretty pathetic.
2: Yeah. Wow.
0: The author's new writings include thoughts on the Dursleys and their final moments in the series— uh JK Rowling wrote, I wanted to suggest in the final book that something decent, a long forgotten but dimly burning love of her sister, with the realization that she might never see Lily's eyes again, almost struggled out of Ampetunia when she said goodbye to Harry for the last time, but that is but that she is not able to admit to it or show those long buried feelings. So couple interesting little tidbits there. But I feel like she said that before though. Probably
3: probably yeah yeah <laughs> so five things out of the 37 chapters this is the last book this is the book that everything else was supposedly leading up to right i There's you would have you see. would have copious amounts of evidence of pre-planning and be like, this is why this happened, this is why the camping was so long, this is why, you know, I, I really wanted some in-depth, personal in insight, analysis into why the seventh book is the way that it is. Yeah. Um.
0: Well, and think just about, about how camp. many big moments in Deathly Hallows, uh, I'm, I'm not blaming J.K. Rowling, I no, I'm not blaming no. Pottermore,
3: like, how about on Dobby? Why didn't, why wasn't there something Dobby, cool about Dobby? The Gringotts escape, Edward. all of that, the Ministry of Magic Uh. plotting, Every everything about that. Really, there was so much. There is there's a richness of the story in there well, where you could go think, further into detail.
1: Do we think either she is saving it because we're still holding out hope for the damn <laughs> encyclopedia? Yeah. Or is it really just a case of Pottermore clearly wasn't the success that they thought it was going to be and they just want to wrap it up?
3: I, th- I think it's – I think there's – we shouldn't discount the possibility that Pottermore – because it has to continue to exist it's a company right it has to continue to exist and put out content that they're going to go back and add more moments in for previous chapters I'm not sure if there's like a precedent uh, for them doing that before with other things but like it's been confirmed that we were supposed to get a Patronus test. Somebody, I think even J.K. Rowling, Rowling said that was said in the multiple works. multiple times now that a Patronus test. Yes, t- a Patronus test. So, and the, they closed the series without that on Pottermore. It's something that is, I mean, if we're going to take her at her word, it's going to be developed and, and put on there in the future. So perhaps there will, this was just the, sort of the first run through the, the series of books. And well, you'll get so, more writing from J.K. Rowling uh, going. Go on.
0: they, they. I wrote to Pottermore and I said, is this it (laughs) in terms of Deathly Mm -hmm. Hallows? Uh. And they said more original content is coming to the site in the coming months, but this is all that they're releasing for Deathly Hallows. So, yes, they'll add the Patronus test, but is that going to come inside of a chapter? I don't think so. I think they're going to add it outside. Maybe it'll come on
1: Harry's birthday. Maybe.
0: (laughs) <laughs> that's a nice thought but <laughs> random guess getting back to I, this surely was not the original plan the original plan was release a few chapters at, at a time for every book include some good stuff you know it, even at the beginning the stuff was fine it wasn't fantastic it was but it was good
3: kind of cool like i remember what minerva McGonagall maybe backstory but sure, like one of the yeah.
0: first surely the plan back several years ago in 2011 wasn't okay and with the final book we're gonna release all the chapters at once and release five things written by J.K. Rowling, and that's it. For, for in terms of that book,
3: that that book was too many years in the making for there to only be five things to say yeah, about it. Yeah, right. Uh, especially that she hasn't already said it in interviews and stuff. Like I get that, but yeah. so, there has to be more. Well, so more
0: is coming to Potter more, but it's mm-hmm. just in terms of the books. This
3: and this is what Pottermore said to me. This is it. Maybe they meant immediately, like in case there was some confusion over whether more chapters were coming somehow or more moments. Maybe like for the foreseeable future. I specifically asked them, is this it for Deathly Hallows? And they said yes. Yeah. So
1: that is unfortunate because I think you brought up a really good point, Eric, that Deathly Hallows was the place where she could have really gone back and done some kind of retrospective and been like, "Okay, well, I set this up in book three and blah, 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 you know?
3: Yeah, I think think as a a reader has I to do
0: with that. what you said Selena that Pottermore hasn't been the success that they were envisioning so i think mm. plans changed over the past couple of years and maybe J.K. Rowling wasn't happy with certain aspects and they decided to change you know because of her disappointment they decided to change things up who knows yeah, and
1: now it's going to be a musical instead or a play <laughs> pottermore the play <laughs> and i
3: i and i know understand she's busy um Right now, (laughs) writing uh, or having finished writing fantastic that she had a lot of other stuff get in the way of what could have been potentially contributing to Pottermore. But this is something where they came at us with this bold uh, directive, this goal, this game plan. Um, I'll never forget her first her video about, uh, you know, sort of announcing Pottermore and and how ambitious it seemed. Yeah. Um, Uh, I would have liked that that fire to, you know, remain constant. Uh, throughout the whole... Well, you can tweet her and let her know. Yeah.
2: But so our- I agree, though. I just wanted to say that I think that, to your point, Andrew, the, clearly the plan changed because when you're only releasing a few chapters at a time, it allows for the author to slowly write and plan out what she wants to do. But if you get to the point where you're releasing entire books at a time, there's only so much that you could possibly provide, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of this material already exists and it's just a matter of putting it in the right format. But I feel like maybe it allowed her early on to move at a, a, a slower pace when you're releasing it chapter by chapter or multiple chapters at a time. When you're doing an entire book, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, there's only so much that, that you can look to get in before the book itself gets released.
0: So we asked on Twitter and Facebook, twitter.com slash mugglecast and facebook.com slash mugglecast. What would you like to see on Pottermore now that it's all finished or now that the books are out? Of course, a lot of people said the Patronas quiz because JK Rowling has promised that. Um, Kelly said finally more on the Marauders. Mm. That's something I think a lot of people were hoping for. Yeah. Um, Christina said, and this, this goes for, uh, all three of the final books. I'd love more chapters for book f- five and six. Patronus quiz, history of Hogwarts, maybe. A better search option. Mm. Um, A Twitter account called Harry Potter Forever said, excerpts from the textbooks used at Hogwarts. That would be cool. Totally agree. Nicole said, I would take any quiz, really. Who would my friends be? What Quidditch position should I play? Who died so I can see th- Thestrals? <laughs> <laughs> um and then those were from twitter over on facebook ashley said and this was the most liked comment on our facebook thread more moments those seemed rushed and i like the idea of 19 years later moments also lists of characters patronuses and meanings behind patronuses like did like they did with one and such maybe details on how the love potion would smell to different characters an interactive Marauder's Map, like a virtual tour of Hogwarts? God. So what? Ashley had a bunch of ideas. Um And Debbie echoing uh Christina on Twitter, need many more moments for books th- five through seven. And Sabrina said, I was really surprised there wasn't a
3: moment for 19 years later. Seriously, like, that's nuts. That's the last <laughs> you get. That's the, in that's fact, true. that really upsets me because she has to, I think, own up to the fact that she didn't end the book with Scar." Um because <laughs> she said scar. she would for years and 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 years. And, years. and then yeah. it was like, oh by the way, I changed my mind. In like an interview, she was like, Ah yeah, it didn't really work out. But I wanted to hear all about how the original end of the books was gonna be scar. So just call it Potterless and move on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. The final moment Should have just been a page that just had the the, the word SCAR. Scar. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for uh, joining Pottermore. SCAR. this journey. (laughs) SCAR. So thank you to everybody for those responses. Mm. And that's it for Pottermore. So we're going to play favorites this week. Micah had a good idea based on some of our uh, discussions this episode.
2: Yeah. And uh, I can't remember over the other 279 episodes if we ever did this, but... Um it does tie into the discussion we were having earlier about Chris Columbus. I wanted to know favorite director of the Harry Potter films. Obviously there have been four, right? Chris Columbus, Alfonso Cuaron, Mike Newell, and David Yates. David Yates.
0: I uh, think we probably have, but like Pottermore, our ideas can change over time. Mm. My – current I, I think Alfonso Cuaron was the most innovative director for the Harry Potter series because of what he did. He laid the groundwork for the remaining films in terms of the the look the look of the film series. Mm. But my favorite director was David Yates for what he did, particularly with Half Blood Prince and Deathly Hallows Part Two. I mean those films were just I, I loved those movies because they really brought a sense of darkness to the harry potter film series and a sense of urgency i mean the war directing that war i think in deathly Hallows
3: part two was just incredible so very oscar worthy
0: Mm -hmm. eric Um, who's your favorite director
3: i will i will go next i'm gonna also agree actually david yates um Chris Columbus is a is a very, very, very close second uh, for me because he's the man who had to work with the producer for the first time, you know, basically creating. And, and the way that he heralded the children, uh, you know, basically getting what he needed out of them because if you look at the performances, it takes a really patient and strong guy to be able to... You know what? I'm changing my answer to Chris Columbus. It's Chris Columbus. For all those reasons I just... Um, the, the fact that he was able to... Do it first, and and that it was so heartfelt, and and all of that. I, David Yates is extremely competent, and I love some of the shots uh, from the later films, like the one in Old uh, Place, where I think it's in movie five. It's looking up the stairwell, and different people are coming out of their rooms. Like Fred and George are up above, Ginny's looking down. Like some of those shots just really blow me away. But Chris Columbus for being able to do it first, um, and 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 doing it so well, mm-hmm. I think. Working with those those young that young talent.
0: Yeah, we've heard a lot about how how difficult it was for Chris and the rest of the crew to balance, you know, letting these kids be normal kids, but also starring in this major film. You You know, they could only work for a certain number of hours per day. Uh, they had to get school schooling while on set, so it it was a massive struggle. In addition to directing, you just had to let these kids be kids.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Selena, who's your favorite director?
1: Well, I was um, I was thinking about this because cause, <laughs> uh, as as I said earlier, as we established, I'm not the the biggest fan of the movies. Uh, not because I don't think they were fantastic pieces of of technical prowess, but because and I have a lot of respect for David Yates. I have a lot of respect for what he did, but I'm going to have to say Chris Columbus, and it's not actually because I, I, I mean I feel like those movies were very very like, wow, you know, it's Christmas, it's magic, it's Home yeah. Alone. Like, it was almost too <laughs> too much of, of Chris Columbus, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But what I do feel like he did capture best was the spirit of of magic, you know, the spirit of wonder. I feel like there's a lot of things that I really, really did like about the later movies. But one of the things that I never really felt was... it's it's like I was gonna say I never forgave them but that's that's a bit melodramatic but was the fact that that the magic was turned mechanical like I feel like in the spirit of making things darker and making more sort of correlations to real life and making the kids feel more like real teenagers it was almost like they sacrificed in my opinion the magic in favor of little gags and, and 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 making the wands look like guns and making like the staircases you know that was that was chris columbus's fault but making the staircases move like wait whatever wait happened you that? know like on hinges yeah. instead of actually like in the books where it was like oh on a tuesday they led to another floor um and that magic chris columbus did it best so i'm gonna give it to him but none of them got it the way i wanted it so i am gonna say nobody <laughs> wow <and hide. laughs>
0: okay Damn. Wow. Damn well, got To right. be
1: honest, you know what? You're 10 years <laughs> That's in. You true. Can't it's fine. keep beating around. Hey, you know what? You know, I think way. a
0: lot of people would agree with you too. So.
1: I mean, that I just I, it's favorite. just because I love the book so much, guys, you know. That's cool.
0: totally yeah. fair. <laughs> Micah, how are you going to top that? Uh well,
2: I I would have to agree uh with Chris Columbus. Uh th- you know, he really introduced the series uh mm-hmm. from uh a, a movie standpoint and he he did a great job. I mean, for all the points that have already been raised, I I think he created the true sense of magic, uh, that yeah. was lost in some way as the series progressed. And I understand that the characters are getting older, but I I still think that looking back, he just he had a way of of bringing it to life that none of the others did. And I get it if the kids were younger, maybe it feels. A little bit more, uh, whimsical. That was a word that was used. I think Eric used it or, or Andrew did. But the other I thing did. is you did. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. he kept it, uh, he kept it very close to the text. Mm-hmm. And it, it, by far any of the, a, any of the other, um, movies, uh, Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets were the closest to the text. And I get that they were also the, the shortest. shortest. books. Yeah, the, However, yeah. However, there were definitely things that could have been included I, I think that there were things created in later films that could have been taken out uh that were that were never even in uh the the series that could have been replaced by things that fans of the books were really looking forward to seeing and I agree with Andrew um about Alfonso and what he did, but him cutting the entire marauder's backstory which i'm I'm sure was not you know his decision alone. Uh, you know, for me, I, I can't kind of give him the nod. Um, and, and obviously the, the other movies that, that followed again, they, they just lacked some really memorable moments and, mm-hmm. and important plot points that I think we were all kind of looking forward to. Um, and, and even the fact that David Yates and, and the crew split the final film or final book into two films and still didn't really get, Everything in from a backstory standpoint, and I, I felt like Dumbledore's backstory was very rushed and and sometimes hard to follow, especially mm. for those who may not have read the books. I um, still
3: confuse Grindelwald and <laughs> So <laughs> I yeah, I, I, I um,
2: thought it was just the flashbacks and, and you know the, the the sort of the experiences Harry is having and Voldemort's having. It's oh it was just gosh. it was Snape quite confusing. Um, yeah, so anyway, I, I'd go with I'd go with Chris Columbus.
1: Yeah, I do want to give a little bit of credit to Mike Newell just because I feel like he's so often overlooked. I know, you know, Goblet of Fire is not very many people's favorite movie or book, but I do think there was some there, there was a bit of that sort of wonder in that movie. You know, like, mm. I love magic as, he as dumb as it was. The,
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He got he got back there. some of what uh, was dropped on the cutting room floor of the third movie, <laughs> especially with the Yule Ball.
2: Uh,
0: yeah, it, that
1: was, Ball was yeah, good. The,
3: the Quidditch World Cup was good. Just throw
0: all in those Christmas. Shorts. If
2: you throw in Christmas, everything works out. <laughs> but you know what? Hey. Did you
0: throw? Did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? That just ruined everything. You but then was you awesome. had in the third you ever... one,
1: you had things like, this, this heart is where you truly live. Like, they all have their <laughs> flops.
3: This heart. You know all about the <laughs> madness within. What, what, are you? what are you? Seriously? What? <laughs> um, you know, I, I have to say, I'm, I was surprised going through the movies for the very first time. I was surprised how well Part 1 worked. Deathly Alice Part 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, really there's that, movie. that that movie actually works. The pacing is actually good, and the yeah. camping isn't as annoying as it is in the book. Um, I was very, 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 very surprised by how that adaptation was released, and 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 no director is bad. No director did a, a poor job that wasn't without its merits, um, and I think that's important to say. All right, um, and I'm so glad that David Yates is taking on Fantastic Beasts. Me too. I
0: am too. I, I, I think I he's think... a
1: good fit for that type of story.
0: Yeah. And we know we're going to get a certain level of quality because he has all this experience. I'm just surprised he wants to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on now. We have uh, another game to play. We did this last episode, I believe, as well. Imperio Killing Curse Love Potion. So this is like FMK, but the Harry Potter version. So, Eric, <laughs> who's first?
3: Uh, let's see. Who wants to go first? I got ones for each of you. I'll go first. Okay. Andrew. Your three Eric who's first. I'll go first. Your 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 three candidates of uh Imperial for Imperial Killing Curse Love Potion are this is a little bit of a twist. So each of these candidates are a group, like or they're grouped together um by something that they have in common. So your three candidates for Imperial Killing Curse Love Potion are the Grey Lady while she was alive, Nearly Headless Nick while he was alive, and Moaning Myrtle while she was alive. So they're ghosts they're ghosts, but obviously a killing curse on a ghost wouldn't kill them, so I had to change it back to the Grey Lady, Nearly Headless Nick, and Moaning Myrtle while they were still alive.
0: Uh, oh, well, I would definitely love Potion the Grey Lady. Yeah. I, I loved her. <laughs> um, I would Imperio. Who were the other two? Nearly Headless Nick and. Nearly Headless
3: Nick and Moaning Myrtle.
0: I would Imperio Moaning Myrtle, because she is annoying and uh, so you would just shut her up yeah just
1: shut her up <laughs> and poor I, nick though he hasn't done anything i know
0: <laughs> that's what makes this tough i mean he's, he's such so a, like, sweet a, yeah
1: he just uh, wants to eat food and like be merry
0: wasn't there like a uh nearly headless nick plot that jk rowling cut from chamber of secrets or something i think so, so. I'll, I'll uh, kill him because I'm still angry uh, about her doing that.
1: Well, just make sure you, you slice his head clean off this Properly. Time. Clean <laughs> off.
3: He'll, he'll thank you in his afternoon. Yeah, Nearly headless. How can you be
1: <laughs> nearly headless? Like this. <laughs> Love
0: it.
3: All right. Who's One
1: episode you guys do should just be like an entire recital of one of the movies. I bet you could do it.
3: <laughs> I, I agree. I totally agree. Uh, Micah, you go next. Okay, Micah. <clears throat> All right. Your, uh, your group here, your grouping, as you will soon find out, is, uh, barkeep's. So you have Madame Rosmerta, Tom the bartender, and Aberforth Dumbledore, bartender okay. of the Hogshead. Uh, how do you? We Imperial, do have a
1: shared love of goats there? So we need yes, to yes. think about that. It's them. true. Love
3: Potion.
2: Mm. Well I I would Imperio Aberforth. Um so oh. <laughs> through him I could control the goat.
4: <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you
2: yes. go. you <laughs> would be I the would, goat king. I would, I would watch kill that Tom
4: <laughs> because
2: uh, it, Tom is just not what? important. That's and, oh. I agree with that, yeah. yeah. And, and <laughs> love potion Madam Rosemarta.
1: Obviously.
3: <laughs> All right. She's already had an Imperio thrown her way during the series, so don't want to do that to her again. But um Okay, great. And, uh, Selena, you have Quidditch players.
1: Oh, fun. Uh,
3: Okay, so your Imperial Killing Curse love potion is Oliver Wood, Cedric Diggory, and Harry Potter.
1: Oh my goodness. Well. I'm just going to write off killing curse Cedric because of uh, Twilight. they are <laughs> not going to give him a reprieve? Um, oh, on. no. Hell no. Um He was annoying even before that. So. <laughs> he's uh, he's he hufflepuff. is a hufflepuff, though. You but, know, I mean, come loyal, on. Loyal. guys. Guys, Sean. That's not even his name. <laughs> uh, I was the there.
0: Sean Biggerstaff. Uh,
1: Sean Biggerstaff. Uh, no, Oliver Wood is one of the most underappreciated hunks of the Harry Potter series so I think I got a love potion that guy yeah, and he then he sits in I his
3: all day and devises new strategies for them to practice yeah
1: no I've just changed my mind I can't Imperial Harry because he can get out of it so I'm gonna play a little bit strategic here ah. love potion Harry boy who lives there you go sorry Jenny and I'm way too into this guy so this is awful and I I would Imperio Oliver Wood and um, just leave it at that
0: yeah That sounds
1: great. Cool. It's horrible. Like, Imperial people, what would you do with them? Like, let's not go down that thread. Yeah.
0: That was, that was a good set of, uh, topic, characters. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. So now it's time for this month in Harry Potter history, our limited (laughs) event segment (laughs) for, (laughs) for all of 2015, which I think it actually works well since this is also the 10th anniversary year of Mugglecast, uh, as of next month. So, like I said at the beginning of this episode, July is a huge month in Harry Potter history. Uh, and we're gonna run through them all now. First of all, July 2nd, 1998 was the year, was the, was the, was when Chamber of Secrets was released in the UK. One year later, on July 8th, 1999, Prisoner of Azkaban was released in the UK. And then, July 8th, 2000, Goblet of Fire was published in the US and UK. Now this I was a,
1: that, this was a big was release.
0: First. Yeah, for for every this was kind of the the first major release. First of all, it was published in the US and the UK on the same day. This was the first time that this happened for a Harry Potter book. It was the first midnight release. And it was also the final book where J.K. Rowling was working under a deadline. You guys may remember that she felt rushed while writing Goblet of Fire. And, um, after that, she said, look, I'll finish these books when I feel like they're finished. I'm not going to commit to a deadline, which was really smart. Do you guys remember what? I know Micah wasn't at a midnight release. Eric, were you for Galbot of Fire? No. Oh, you weren't either. Hmm. Just me yeah. and Selena, huh? Yeah.
3: Selena, where yeah. were you?
1: No, I was, I was back in Denmark. So I actually, this was like the first one that I, caught up when i'd caught up with them and i ordered i remember this very specific stupid detail that i ordered it from amazon or my mom did but then it didn't arrive in time no. and we were like freaking out on on release date like <laughs> i was like i need to read it now so or we like it's
0: spoiled on twitter i know
1: well yeah right back in ages ago in um unlike myspace um but then so we went and books were expensive back then like hell of expensive so we went and bought it um <laughs> in the store and then we had two copies and we were like, what do we do? These are so expensive. So I think we ended up like selling the other one. Like hmm. it's a big deal.
0: I was down at the, at a beat in a beach town in New Jersey. And I remember one of the bookstores on the boardwalk was having a midnight release party. So I went to it and I wrote about this on hyperbole, by the way, earlier this month, um, <laughs> Uh, because this is the 15th anniversary of Goblet of Fire's release. And, uh, I still have the box that the books were shipped in and they were really cool because they say right on them, uh, do not open, uh, before it says not to be sold before July 8th, 2000. And it says Harry Potter four. And it's like got a green font color. They're really cool boxes. And I also have them for order of the Phoenix and Half-Blood Prince. Um, So, yeah, and I was – how old was I? I was 11 years old. So staying up till midnight to get a book was kind of a big deal.
1: Yeah, you know, I think I was – I must have been around the same age, and I read this book. That was the first one I read in English. Mm -hmm. So that was actually pretty fun. Yeah. It took me a long time.
3: I looked up the Danish Goblet of Fire cover. It's terrifying. Are they? Is, is that where they're underwater? Like
1: oh yeah
4: yeah yeah the, oh the I Danish know. covers the mermaids are and they look guys.
3: devilish like oh, I just pulled yeah. it up and I'm scared this is
1: terrifying um, just, yeah 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 <laughs> yeah this would great. never
3: sell in
0: America.
1: <laughs> uh, so it's I, not I don't kid I don't friendly
0: remember not kidding. Seeing,
1: seeing the the Mary Grand prey covers for the first time and I was like what is this why do they look so weird because like ours <laughs> are yeah, really it's realistic looking you know.
3: Yeah. Um, oh, one yeah. of them has Sirius Black as a dog yeah. in the uh in the title. That's really cool. Um so yeah, um it's
0: crazy to think it's been 15 years since Goblet of Fire. That's a nice yeah. nice good anniversary. I you
1: know, I feel so old.
0: <laughs> so then 5 years later on July 16th, 2005, Half-Blood Prince the book was released. Yeah. And then July 21st, 2007 of course was the re- was um the Deathly Hallows book release, and then that was it for books. But then July was still a hot month for the movies. Half Blood Prince was released July fifteenth, two thousand nine. Deathly Hallows Part Two was released July fifteenth, two thousand eleven, and most recently July eighth, twenty fourteen, the official opening of the
3: Wizarding World of Harry Potter Diagon Alley down in Universal Orlando. Oh, and I think Order of the Phoenix, the movie, came out right before book seven, right? Like two weeks.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah that two was, weeks. Uh, Nope. But you watched it before, and you were like, "That's so much fun!" And then you watched it after, and you were like <laughs> crying because Fred and George and like everyone were dead.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in that's July, this was month it? in Harry Potter history. I think the biggest month, probably. Yeah. And if you know, we all use a uh, time hop now and Facebook on this day. My. Because there's also been a lot of Harry Potter conferences in the month of July, so yes, that's true. My July is just filled with Harry Potter stuff.
3: You gotta <laughs> time get op. time hop. I gotta get it to, to... time hop's great. I gotta authorize it. I see all of my friends always have really cool posts. Yeah, sure. but um,
0: so now it's yeah. time for pen and paper or my priority. Uh, we have two things to talk about this week. First of all, J.K. Rowling shared something pretty interesting. As if we didn't always already love Hogwarts enough, <laughs> she confirmed that. All wizards and witches attend Hogwarts for free. Oh man, why can't we go?
2: So we did go, uh, according to her. That's true. We yeah, and all it was there. free.
0: So <laughs> no wonder we didn't well, know no, it the books were <laughs> not free,
2: Selena, as you pointed out just before.
0: The that's books were true, not
1: free. Yeah. So so, so some yeah. people the school have, books weren't free.
0: Right. So there's hidden costs to attend Hogwarts, but yeah, you know yeah, what? Yeah.
1: Whatever they gotta buy wands, they gotta buy pets, you know.
0: Yeah, whatever. It's still cheaper than most schools. (laughs) 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 So yeah, I think I think it was it was cool to hear J.K. Rowling say this because it's just like, oh man, we love Hogwarts so much, and now this. So she said the Ministry of Magic pays for it. In in case you're curious, who's who's? Yeah, well, they
1: probably adopted the Danish system of um, paying for school. So
0: oh, you guys are so lucky. Not to brag. (laughs) Oh. And but, um,
2: and then the uh, other big thing that as yeah. if she couldn't get any cooler.
3: <laughs> just just an example of of again how people get her attention, and, and and this will lead into Andrew's story right now too. But uh, but in that case with the uh, Hogwarts tuition fee, Emmeline uh at Emmeline Online One on Twitter said, "My friends and I are having a super intense debate about the cost of tuition at Hogwarts." So that's how uh, you get noticed. So that's how that's how she got notices. Having a super intense debate. So maybe if we use those words again, that'll that'll
1: Or flatter her. Yes, yes,
3: yes. Andrew, tell your So story So <laughs> JK
0: Rowling was tweeting a lot last week about the BBC. Selena, could you give us a brief rundown of what she was discussing?
1: Okay. Do you have twenty minutes? No. Um <laughs> so yeah, and I spoke on this actually on uh Hunt Hype podcast as well, uh, which is a uh, you know, that our general sort of entertainment uh podcast. Um <laughs> if I'm allowed to just throw that out there. Uh, but so um, so basically, yeah, J.K. rowland has been tweeting a lot about, like, back the, back the BBC, BBC memories, I love Red Dwarf, blah, blah, blah. And that's because in the UK, the new government, which actually controls the BBC, because the BBC is meant to be public service, like the government is supposed to be public service, they've released this basically announcement saying, we're going to do a huge, like... Um, Potential overhaul of the BBC. We're going to look into their funding. We're going to look into their programming. We don't want them to be focusing on much as uh, so mu- so much effort on on popular programming. You know things like Doctor Who and Sherlock and do- mm-hmm. those little things that nobody loves. So, and they want it to become more niche, basically. And fans are like freaking out, like BBC fans all over the world are going, don't mess with the BBC, you know, because the government has always had this power, but they've they've never threatened to act on it before. Mm -hmm. And people are saying it's censorship and it's like 1984 and they're going kind of crazy. So clearly, (laughs) it's clearly J.K. Rowling is on Team BBC in this case, you know.
0: Right. So she's been tweeting. She was leading a storm of tweets, people sharing their favorite shows on the BBC. To to remind us all why we love the BBC so much, yeah. shows like Because of the
1: Hulu. wealth of programming that they have, basically. They they yeah. don't want them to be confined to just one thing.
0: So J.K. Rowling was retweeting a lot of people's favorite shows uh, when they at replied her. And oh, right, thought, right, right.
1: Now we're going to get to the heart of the story. Sorry, yeah. sorry. It's not a
3: big deal. <laughs> sorry. Did you have more to say about it? <laughs> I, th- no. I found that to be very informative, and I did not know yeah. what this was all about. So thank yeah. you, Selena. Okay, well, Selena bad. did a great job.
1: So J.K.
0: Rowling <laughs> is retweeting people. And I, I'm sitting in Starbucks and I'm seeing all these tweets come in and I'm like, okay, how do how, I want to suck up to JK Rowling? And the reason, <laughs> so I tweeted her, I said the casual vacancy. This was her book that was turned into a show for the BBC. And I did this as a, a joke for people who listen to Mugglecast because I thought only, only they would get it because they'd read that and be like, oh, Ha ha, Andrew's (laughs) trolling J.K. Rowling because he hasn't read the book and he hasn't seen The Casual Vacancy. That's funny. So I wanted to entertain my followers. (laughs) So, but then, little do I know, J.K. Rowling retweets my tweet with asterisk blushes asterisk. And I'm sitting in Starbucks and I gasp. I'm like, (gasps) oh! She
1: just caught a bit. She just noticed me. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's for like a huge fat lie.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I lied. And I'm like, gosh darn it. I've spent years talking about Harry Potter and tweeting JK Rowling about Harry Potter. <laughs> and of course, the one time she finally pays attention to me, it's about the book she, I didn't even read. Yeah. Uh, go freaking figure.
2: Right. Because I remember tweeting at you. I said, did you enjoy the book version, Andrew? (laughs) Yeah.
0: And I have to thank all of our listeners because I got so many messages of support. Everybody was very happy that she finally noticed me. So thank you
2: to uh, everybody who...
1: So it's somewhat bittersweet, but I'm sure you're still going to celebrate it forever. Yeah. How many uh,
2: followers did you gain?
0: Uh I didn't I don't know. I didn't I don't think I gained any followers from that. Maybe I did. I don't know. But I updated my Twitter bio. I said made JK Rowling blush once.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. So it was a it's great true. day for me.
3: And uh, you're going to
1: have the T-shirts printed, I'm sure. I they see the poster 17th on your July, wall.
3: 17th of July. That's going to be an all future this week in Harry Potter, this month in Harry Potter. <laughs> right. I'm adding <laughs> it to the Harry Potter Wikipedia page. Okay, okay. Andrew made JK Rowling blush.
0: Yeah. So I, yeah. A, I I promised on a previous episode that if she ever tweeted me, I would print it out on, on a shirt. And a couple of oh, my yeah. followers <laughs> reminded me of that. So now I got to do that.
1: It's going to be a really good shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Just J.K. Rowling quote blushes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to figure out how to make it look good on a t-shirt, no. but I will.
1: <laughs>
0: so uh, that's
1: you get one of the listeners to draw you like a you know J.K. Rowling chibi face, just all like like smiling like yeah. with the, the cheeks. Uh, with some Can kid. somebody
0: do that, please? Can somebody draw a picture of J.K. Rowling blushing? And I will get that printed on the shirt along with this tweet that says Blushes. Yeah, like a
1: cute little cartoon version. Oh, it was so good.
0: Yes, a cartoon version. Please, anybody, thank you so much in advance.
1: (laughs) Working on it right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I also, you know, we also got to keep in mind that there's a great Harry Potter fandom still alive and kicking. And I wanted to plug a, a short film that's coming out later this year. You guys may remember the short film, "Harry: uh, The Greater Good, it was called. And it was a short film about Dumbledore and Grindelwald's relationship. And oh. it was released on YouTube in December 2013. It received 3 million views. It was a huge hit. Now, the creators of this are back with another one. It's called Severus Snape and the Marauders. So, just based on that title, you know this is going to be something we've been clamoring for. A Marauder story. They released a teaser trailer earlier this month. Uh, It's set in 1978, just after Harry Potter's father, James, graduated from Hogwarts. Uh, He and his friends, Sirius, Remus, and Peter, are celebrating at a bar, contemplating their place in the war they are soon to become a part of when Severus Snape enters the same bar James mm-hmm. Potter decides to do something about Snape once and for all. <laughs> so that's the synopsis. They have a te- Hashtag
1: not a prequel. <laughs> <laughs>
4: they
0: have a teaser trailer out now. You can check it out on YouTube. Um, it's also on Hype-able. Um, And it, like I said, I spoke to the creators and they said it's going to come out by the end of the year. That's what they're aiming for. So check this out. I think it's going to be a big hit like their first one. And it's it nice to see really people cool. creating. It looks really good too.
3: Yeah, I'm just thinking in the uh, in the preview of the video, it looks like uh, the, the James Potter actor looks a lot like Adrian Rollins. Like he looks a lot like the movie James. And the special effects are great.
0: C- just cinematography wise, it looks great. So I'm really looking forward to this. Glad to see yeah. the fandom is alive and well. Mm-hmm. So that's all we have for today's episode of MuggleCast. I want to uh, plug a podcast that I'm doing every week now. It's called Millennial. The hashtag is silent over at MillennialShow.com. I'm doing this with uh, MuggleCast alums Laura, Elisa, and Matt every week. Uh, the, the show is free. We offer a, a paid tier as well to get bonus content. Uh, like I said, MillennialShow.com. We talk pop culture, politics, uh, a lot of personal stuff, and a whole lot more.
1: I listen to it. I say, as a listener, uh, anyone who's not listening to this, you should really check it out. Because as a non-American, pretty much all I know about America comes from Millennial and John Oliver. So that's <laughs> a pretty interesting America. That, that's <laughs> happening. That 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 thank know. you so much for saying um, that. It's such a good show. It's a really, well, really, you. really. Good.
0: And we actually talked recently about potentially having you on in the future, since you do listen. What? Yeah, oh. I, I said we need we need some subs, and since you're a listener, I thought you would be a good person. So we'll talk about that, that down the road. That would be fun.
1: I could offer like a non-American perspective. Or, yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> talk about the BBC.
0: And we can argue no, about the Harry Potter
3: prequel more.
1: Definitely. Always.
3: <laughs> and uh, Eric and Micah, do place. you want to plug Game yeah. of Now would be a good time to just mention that at the end of this month uh, in Orlando, Florida, uh, close to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter Theme Park, there will be GeekyCon, the first ever GeekyCon, but formerly LeakyCon. So there will be, uh, a version of Mischief Managed Entertainment or Incorporated's convention, typically Harry Potter, uh, specific or limited by the title. And this time it's, it's broader. It's a broader convention, but Micah and myself and Zach, who co-hosts Game of Owns, will be there to do our Game of Thrones podcast as well as Game of Thrones programming. But I've seen the schedule and I can guarantee people that there are still a lot of Harry Potter themed, Harry Potter-centric uh panels and programming and discussion taking place at the Orange County Convention Center. So basically, from next Wednesday, which is the 29th, is their evening in the park event. Um, separate ticket event, which I will not be at. But on the 30 uh 30th, 31st, 1st, and 2nd is the convention. And I know Mike and I will be there. And if you are a MuggleCast listener in the Orlando area, there's not a specific meetup that we've been able to organize. But in general, we'll be there and we would love to see you. And if you see us and happen to be there, don't uh, hesitate to come and say hello.
2: Yep. The the show specifically is on Friday, July the 31st at 2 p.m. Um, on the main stage, we're actually going to be joined by, uh, David J. Peterson, who invented the Dothraki language. Oh, so
3: awesome.
2: for those of you and who are fans,
3: I yes. just think Valyrian's like a better, <laughs> like he invented or, uh, you know, Valyrian, which is much nicer <laughs> sounding. Um, yep. and I don't know. There we
2: go. So we look forward to seeing you if you're in the Orlando area.
3: Oh, and if you're not a Game of Thrones fan, we have the perfect show for our perfect uh, panel for you prior to our main stage event. Uh, we'll be doing at noon on the same day, not on main stage, on a, on a separate uh, panel room. We'll be doing Westeros 101, which is like your introduction to the Game of Thrones series. So you could actually, in one day, figure out all you want to know about westeros and then attend our most current actually you know what you'll be spoiled don't do that but we're we're both at at 12 for the westeros 101 and if you have been watching and are keeping up on game of thrones check out our uh main stage show at 2 p.m
0: by the way that reminds me i ran into a listener of ours who's been listening to muggle cast forever named gabby uh Ooh. at a barnes and noble in a random town i used to live in of all places uh huh late last week so shout out to you gabby she's a huge fan she listens to uh millennial and a couple hyperbole podcasts now as well but
3: uh she her gateway was muggle cast of course so shout out to you <laughs> it's always nice hearing uh that from listeners too even over at game of bones they say hey you know i've been listening to you for for a decade and and next month is is going to be the as you said earlier the the 10th Anniversary of of MuggleCast being a thing, right? That exists, and that is that's
1: insane, guys. Ten years. Can you just like, that's crazy.
0: Ten years. A Where podcasting. has the time gone? I know. How are we
3: going to celebrate podcasting it? podcasting
1: is, is, is having its second wind right now, you know? I think I we should just do what I love
3: most, yeah. We yeah. should just re-release, Andrew, you should just re-release the first episode ever as a new episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, but let's play it in the background the entire time we're doing episode 200. So oh, we could do we could do a podcast episode you respond commentary. to
1: yourselves.
3: We could do a podcast episode <laughs> commentary episode. <laughs> oh, I love this part when I sniffled or coughed. <laughs> oh, as we all did so often when we were teenagers.
0: Yes. Yes. Our voices have deepened. Our love for Harry Potter has only grown.
3: What else has happened? In case there are listeners yes. out there who have been with us since the start, since the first couple, we'll, we'll, we'll extend it, first couple months uh, there leading into the fourth movie release, our first live show in New York. All that good stuff that happened back then. Um For those of you who have been with us that long, thank you. Next month's celebrations will be all about you as much as us because I think it was really our first listeners who helped shape the show. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll do some cool listener
0: feedback stuff over the next month. So keep, so speaking of that, keep an eye on twitter.com slash mugglecast and facebook.com slash mugglecast because we will be asking you guys questions and we would love your answers. Thank you everybody for listening. As always, you can go to mugglecast.com for everything you need to know about the show. And uh, we'll be back next month in August for our tenth anniversary special.
2: Bing. With J.K. Rowling.
0: <laughs> Not with J.K. Rowling, oh, unless sweet. unless we talk. I talk to her about the casual vacancy again. Maybe she'll pay attention to me again. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening. I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Eric Skull.
2: I'm Micah Tannenbaum.
1: And I'm Selena Wilkin.
0: So Micah, did
1: you just say your name differently? Tannenbaum. Did I? Tannen, Tannen Boom. boom.
2: Tannen I don't boom. know. Maybe I cut out a bit. Tannin <laughs> Boom. Sorry. Go for it.
0: <laughs> All right. Ooh. See you everybody next month. Goodbye. Bye.
1: Bye.
4: Bye.